Lawrence Gowan joins me from the band Sticks right here on the Music Universe podcast. Welcome to the Grand Illusion. Come on in and see what's... I can't do it. I cannot Boy, do you it. you and your singing, you just love to uh, try to sing these songs on the show. Yes. Maybe we should have Matt Idol. Oh, we should. We should. <laughs> I'm, I hear I'm, I, it was my recuperation day from my road trip. It, it was a rough week uh, at the end of uh, this week when I recorded this episode. I spoke with Lawrence. Uh, he's living in Toronto. So uh, they, you know, Sticks, longtime band, celebrating 50 years in February of 2022. Earlier this year, they released uh, their latest album, Crash of the Crown. And uh, we discuss that in the recording process, as well as the uh, Record Store Day exclusive, the same Stardust EP, which has a couple tracks that came out of these sessions. And Lawrence gets into, uh, you know, a good 30 minutes. I had a good 30 minutes with him. Great discussion about um, the process of this album and due to the pandemic was recorded differently than any previous one. So um, let's just get right to it. Here's my interview with Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. Lawrence Gowan of Sticks, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Never better. How's yourself? Awesome. Uh, you know, not too bad. Not too bad. Glad that you could join us, so thanks for taking time out. Uh, you guys had a couple of projects that came out this year, but I wanted to first talk about what does it feel like being back on the road? That is the question of the year. It is it's really... I, I never thought it would take on such a profound level of... of, of uh, connection you know I, I i i loved playing music live all my life you know pretty much you know but the the reaction of the audiences that, that this year you know the hunger that they have <laughs> been holding on to uh you know or living with for for over a year it, it's it's amazing every night when we walk on stage to see just what a relief it is to the audiences and of course that feels like the same the same comes back from us you know just um, you know, make, making music in a live is such a vital. It's, it's the greatest form of entertainment I've ever encountered in my life, and uh, it's a great rock show. And what it does to people and how how memorable it is. It's it's on their faces. You know, when we when we walk on stage, you can see that this is something they have they have missed. You know deeply missed you know over over the past year and they're they're all just ecstatically happy you know almost to the point where it's 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 quite an emotional moment when when we come on stage every night and how the audience uh receive the band and and by the end of the night we're uh it's it's, it's a great big love fest and it's a sea of smiles and uh arms in the air and uh a, a, a feeling like life is uh, life is continuing on and things are are, are better again at least for uh, you know for the duration of that night and then we're you know we're looking forward to the next time that's going to happen again so all of those feelings and I'm, I'd have to sum it up you know that all of that is kind of in your in your mind and in, in, in the moment when uh, when you're playing these shows. Yeah, I know I've been to a few concerts already this year, and it felt great to be back out there. 
um, you know, just as a, uh, I, I've played in the past before, but just being able to see shows again, just it feels great for sure. Last year, though, during the pandemic, you gave folks a chance to get their sticks fixed with some uh, live streams. What was it like, uh, you know, putting those songs, some of your classic songs like Mr. Roboto, Man in the Wilderness, together for, for that? Well, that uh, the, the live stream thing was, was really a lifeline for us and for so many people as far as, you know, all the, all the technological advances, uh, you know, what we can do with our staying connected, that, that became the central the essential, you know, it, it thing in our lives, you know, the Zoom calls, et cetera, that I'd never done prior to, you know, March of last year of 2020. Uh, they, they just became so second nature and, and, and it seemed incumbent on us and, and really necessary for us to do something in, in, in that field that, that connected with people and, and kept us, uh, kept us in their lives and kept them in our lives. And so when the, uh, Cookie, our, our live sound engineer, suggested that he he said, you know, I've got all these shows recorded, you know, from for about a decade now. Do you want to just why don't we stream a few of them out? So we wound up doing seven of them, you know, and they were great. It was great to be to, to be part of that, to hear them again, and to be part of you know mixing them properly so that they sounded really strong, and and then adding a couple of. Uh, a, a couple of live things that we did. Like I remember we did boat on the river, which was really fun to do. And even some of the goofy stuff that we did, you know, it was just, it was fun to stay in touch with people that way and know that, um, you know, we're, we're, this is all going to pass and we're all going to get back together again. And we'll all, uh, eventually we'll be, uh, we'll find ways to have uh, in some ways become better for it. You know, as long as, as long as we weren't touched by the, uh, you know, as long as the, the, the tragic aspects of it hadn't hadn't hit us, you know, we hadn't gotten sick or, you know, those are the folks that I feel the worst for. And uh, those are actually the ones that we wanted to connect with most to know that there's a, you know, life, life will go on and we'll uh, we'll get back together again and hopefully everyone will be feeling feeling better. And indeed, you guys did. You guys got back. You recorded your 17th album, Crash of the Crown. It was released uh, on June 18th on your own uh, Alpha Dog um, 2T label with UME. And uh, it's available on a variety of platforms. But it debuted at number one and number five on a couple of charts. I, I know that the album came out of the uh, came during the pandemic, obviously. Did you guys record the same way that you always do? We recorded in entirely different for Crash the Crown. We we started off, you know, we had written all the songs, all but two of them in 2019, and we were all set to, you know, replicate the experience we did with the mission, which was all of us get together in Nashville and start to record the songs all in the same room. And when the pandemic began, we really thought, well, you know, five or six weeks, this will be behind us and we'll just carry on with our reschedule things and we'll be fine. But by July of 2020, we realized, oh, this could go on much longer than we anticipated. And we went back and listened to where the songs were and realized, oh, they, these really are, are connecting with the, with where we are today. They're really articulating, you know, a lot of the current experience and where our minds are. And uh, we better find a way to record these songs. And so we did them. We did them remotely. I was in the studio in Toronto and... Todd was in uh, uh, Austin, Texas, and uh, Tommy Shaw and uh, producer Willie Vankovich were in Nashville. 
And because, you know, we all got on the Zoom calls together every day and in our separate studios and listening in real time, because there's an app that does that, um, it became second nature. We, we, we were connected in this this virtual way and yet we we made a record where we all were in each other's face just as much maybe even more so than had we all actually been in the same room and it really surprised us how, how strong the results were uh to the point where we realized i don't think we can make this any better you know i was able to use all my best vintage in- instruments because they're at a studio in toronto and todd has one of the most sophisticated drum rooms so we used that and uh that's that's how we made the record, and that I think, in in subtle ways, that's that must have come across on the recording. Because as you mentioned, you know, when the record came out, as we started touring, it went right to number one on Billboard's rock album chart, which is amazingly gratifying after ten days of being out to to hit that number. And the, the songs themselves, the album itself, has been going over so well this entire year. It's 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 amazing how. Uh, it's kind of seamlessly worked its way in with the with the classic material. Yeah, and you guys are a great band uh, through and through. Whether it's in the studio, together, remotely, like you did, or live, which I, I have yet to see live, but I'm gonna have to. And um, you guys just put out some classic, iconic material. And you also put out the same Stardust, which was a record store day exclusive. And it looks like those songs kind of came out of the same sessions, right? They did. They came out of the same sessions and. You know, it's funny because the, the same Stardust and Age of Entropy, they, they felt like they're they exactly what we were saying in 2019. And because of the album format, you know, you've only got roughly 40 minutes on an album, you know, one, one side's, you know, roughly 20 minutes per side, uh, give or take. Uh, those two songs felt they, they kind of had their own, they had their own little world that they were, that they were, uh, expressing and so we decided yeah maybe record store day we'll put out an album or an ep i think it is where the one side is our live tunes and uh, classic tunes and and put the uh put the same stardust and, and it's age of entropy is the other one that's on there right now. anyway um yeah it, that was that was a fun thing and that was only that was only a week ahead of, of us putting out crash at the ground so every night the, the show kicks off with the same stardust is is in the pa and as part of our, uh, our our preparation, you know, for the for for, for walking on stage and playing uh, and playing our shows, and it's great to hear that song every every single night. I think we're going to have to wind up playing that thing live at some point. Yeah, totally, totally. And um, now, before this album, obviously, you had the mission, and that was your first album in fourteen years at the time. It, it, yeah. What does it feel like yeah. to have so much time in between albums? Well. These two, the mission and Crash of the Crown, being only, I guess, four years apart. You know, we've we really cut down, <laughs> we chopped down the the span by a decade. There, uh, you know, between making uh, Psychorama and, and Big Bang Theory, it's funny to say that now because it precedes the television show. Um, the, the music industry after that has really it had gone into kind of a I wouldn't say a tailspin, but there was great disarray, and it just wasn't—it wasn't at the on the floor, you know, on the front burner that we had to make new albums, especially when the, when the distribution of them and the whole way that that record labels were grappling with, or just trying to figure out how to, how to 
realign themselves with the streaming services and all of those platforms that were suddenly emerging. But by around 2014, roughly, the, things had begun to kind of settle and, and Universal came back and wanted to, uh, you know, they have the catalog of sticks. They wanted to make a new record and said, you know, if you guys are have got new material, and that really was a great incentive to get to work on on making the mission and making it, you know, the album that it is. It's a, it's a complete album statement, and and we followed on the heels of the success of that. Crash of the Crown just came pretty naturally together, you know. So hopefully it won't be too long before we have something else new. But um, I think that, I think our lives are going to be focused on Crash of the Crown for at least the next two years with with the way the, uh, the audiences have reacted to it. And you kind of touched on it, you know, about uh, it being number one within 10 days. Um, we're talking Crash of the Crown here. Number one albums have yeah. always obviously been a big thing, but since the music industry has changed, like you said, how big of a deal is it to have a number one album now? Uh, <laughs> uh, number one at any time in your life, no matter what, no matter what it is, I mean, if you're in school, you you wind up writing the best speech or whatever it happens to be, or you know you do the best solo in the in the high school band or something. It's always it, it's always important, you know, because there is there is a certain spirit of competition out there in, in the world, even in the artistic world, and to to see to see that happen to the band at, at this point when the band's you know. It, it, the sticks will be 50 years old in February of 2022. That that's half a century of existence. And to connect, you know, with with, with an audience and, and reach number one on, on, I mean, the Billboard chart is really, I guess, one of the most highly esteemed charts, if not the number one chart. It's number one amongst charts. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> it was great, and, and you see the number one next to to the band's name at, at this point. Believe me, it was. Tommy and JY and, and Chuck, they were jumping up and down just as much as the, as the uh, as the new guys who've only been in the band for a couple mm-hmm. of decades. <laughs> well, I guess the like you said, the competition's always been there, but with the way streaming is dominating things, it has to be even more. Uh, I guess flattering could be the word that you've made it to number one in in this new era of music consumption. That's really that's that's well put. That's well put. Yes, I mean. We know, for example, we would never look to be the number one streamed record because that that part of the music world is not dominated by rock music anymore. Mm-hmm. Rock music is, you know, classic rock music is it, it has it has its audience that's you know uh, that's ex- extremely loyal and and many a good number of them, if not most of them weren't even born when the biggest classic rock records were made, and yet they love that that style right. of music and what it does to them, particularly live. So, but that's you know that's that's a, a, a you know a fraction of the of the overall music industry that that relies on streaming. But when it comes to albums and making an album statement, there's no one no one's done it better yet that I've heard than, than the bands of the classic rock era, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and there, there are still a few that are still standing and, and can, and can come up with creative enough material that it, uh, that it, at least critically, it stands up to what they've done in the past. And uh, so that's really where we see ourselves at the moment is trying, trying as hard as we can to meet that standard. 
Yeah, absolutely. And congrats on all that. Congrats on the 50 years coming up here in just a few short months, believe it or not. But um, and, and you said you guys were going to focus probably on this album for the next couple of years. Are you a band that is constantly writing or do you let cycles pass and then focus, you know, on the writing? That, that's a great question. You see, that's that's the funny thing about our, the period between uh, 2004 and then 2017 with making the mission. You know, people think, oh, they, they had no new ideas. We we had new stuff we'd play in sound checks and and you know on the bus we'd be listening to new stuff all the time. We just didn't we just didn't put it out because it didn't seem to be any great point in in, in diverting our um, attention. To, to that endeavor it means you know to make an album properly you've got to take months off in the year and, and uh, during that period we were so focused on playing live as much as we could you know and, and going around the world and playing as many shows as possible and uh, it, it there were always new things there were there's in fact there's one piece done uh, on uh, on this album with uh, 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 which one is it now it's the uh, Common ground. I mean, I, I had I had a chunk of that written and we sound checked in like 2014, and then it resurfaced now and became uh, you know a part of and and written into that uh, into the album and part of that song. Oh wow! So you see, the ideas have been floating there for years, and some of them have have now made it into the new songs, and some of them will probably revisit again. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not to be ignorant of the of your live performances, but do for those who've never seen you and want to come out and see you, how close to the uh albums do you stick with the songs? Do you kind of veer from that and uh jam uh even more and just kind of ad lib a lot or do you guys pretty much stick with it? Yeah, you know, when I first joined, so I'm in my 23rd year now. We you know, I I saw their tour prior to me joining because we did a couple of shows together. Uh, as, as a solo artist, I was I opened for them, and they at that time, you know, in the '90s, it was kind of expected that you would veer off the, you didn't have to stick strict, strictly to the script, so to speak, of uh, of replicating the records. But when I joined the band, I I did make a point of, of saying, look, I I really like the original keyboard parts and sounds that are on, on your albums. I think they're really well done. I think your records are, are they're, they're classic already because they're so they're just well done and well arranged, et cetera. And the, the sounds are right. And we, pretty much everyone began to kind of focus more on, on listening to those original records and trying to, try, trying to stick at least musically, uh, you know, on the, uh, the tonality of everything and, and the, duration of things we didn't extend solos etc to the point where we began to kind of microscope them you know and and uh, now for myself obviously i'm not the original singer on on a number of those so i'd listen to to them and I'd, and then i would realize how those lyrics relate to myself or how i relate to them i should say and and give as honest a rendition of it as i possibly can but still sticking very faithfully, I'd say at least ninety percent to the original melodies because that's that's really what's in people's heads. That's what they that's what they relate to, and those melodies work so well with those songs and and lyrics that uh, 
I try, I try to stay as, as faithful to that as possible. A couple of, in a couple of instances, so for, for example, in, in Grand Illusion, we extend the middle guitar solo and actually do, there's a key change there where, where Tommy hands off to JY. So there is that, but even when we do that, we, we're, we're very much, we don't take it into a different area or start to jam on it. You know, it's defined and it, it, it's part of that piece. And come sail away again. The middle solo we doubled that, so I have a, I have an extension to the original solo that's there. But you probably never know it unless you go back and listen to the original record that we've just extended a couple of solo sections, just to kind of drink them in a little uh, for a little longer in the show and add a little bit of dramatic, you know, lighting it and and shifts of uh, emotion there. But melodically, lyrically, and Sound-wise, we stick as close to the originals as we uh, as we can. Well, you mentioned something how you know you weren't the original singer of some of these songs, but you made them kind of your your own in a way, and that's what I think. Number one, makes a great song, and two, what makes a great performer when you can live those songs, and then someone is listening to it, knowing that, or maybe they don't know, but you were not the original singer, and they just can tell the passion that's coming out of your voice. I think that's that, that's the important part of it is, you know, a, a, a good singer, it's funny, you can define it in so many ways, but for me, it's like, does that person mean what's coming out of their mouth right now? Like, do they mean it or are they just basically listening to the nice sound of their voice and hitting the uh, hitting the notes? And for me, I, I can sing songs like uh, Grand Illusion, Come Sail Away. I, I really, I can, I can, the, 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 the story or the, the, uh, the lyrics, I, I can put myself in the picture, you know, I, I, I feel a connection to them and, and uh, sing them in, in, as I say, with my own voice, but I feel that there's um, there's a little, uh, trying to avoid this word, but I'll say it anyway, there's a little narrative there that, that, that relates to my own life. And funny enough, I'll give, there's even surprises in there. I, what, I think my favorite song to sing right now other than the new stuff, of course, is is Mr. Roboto. I never envisioned just how much I would connect to that song and be able to understand what it, what it means today. Because, you know, when I first heard that song, maybe for over 40 years ago, it meant something entirely different when I, when I listened to it. And now being inside it and singing it, I, I, I feel a real connection to it that's, uh, that I never thought would exist otherwise. Couldn't possibly have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, two more questions here before we go. Uh, how much of the new album is uh, being performed on this new tour? So here's how, we, here's how we do that. We have a kind of... The songs on Crash the Gun, they're very short, okay? Mm-hmm. And and they, they kind of one kind of flows into the other. And we've used that um and 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 that those segues that are on the album, we've used that in the live show to where we'll we'll we kind of use them in a way where we, we segue really quick. We are into them before you even know it. Mm. Uh, a great example is is a song called Sound the Alarm and Tommy Shaw sings that that they almost seamlessly goes straight into crystal ball. So you have this feeling of what's new and what's in the, in the present connecting to something that's 45 years old before you even know it. You know, we don't, we don't kind of stop the show and say, you know, apologetically say, here's something new. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even do that. Instead, it, it, it's like you're, you're into it on the heels of something that's very familiar. You're suddenly into it. And of course, tonality wise, uh, it, it, it sounds very much like the classic rock era, 
So often, you know, you can see the people in the audience wondering if is this from a Sticks album that I don't know, you know, maybe prior to to uh, prior to Equinox or something like that, you know, because there were five albums in the early part of their career. And but as as the year has has gone on, you can see more and more people know the new stuff and they sing it just as fervently as as they do, you know, coming out of. Uh, blue collar man and suddenly you're into crash of the crown and then straight out of that we go into light up and uh it's kind of like a ride where we jump back and forth between the decades oh that's awesome and it keeps people uh keeps people on their toes for sure well you know especially right now what i've noticed buddy is the, is the coming out of the pandemic People want they want the comfort of things that they've known and are very familiar mm-hmm. with, and and so the um, the legacy material is really you know it takes on even a, a higher level of, of of importance. But we all seem to have this thing in ourselves that we want something new. You know, we want to put on a new shirt. <laughs> we want to put on something that's post pandemic in a way, right. you know what I mean? or, or signifies that we're back in the world. So there is this there's this palpable hunger for something new and i think the record fits the bill and the crash of the crown seems to fit the uh it, it's kind of the right thing on the menu so to speak if you're gonna if you're gonna try something new in this little tapas bar of rock yeah absolutely and speaking of bars you guys got your own beer now <laughs> that's right <laughs> tell us about it that's right I, you know it's funny i i finally got my i saw it but a month ago but i finally got my hands on, on a can of it um, where were we? In Phoenix. And it's like, oh, wow. And I'm about to open it. And one of the promoters went, oh, I've been really dying to try that. So I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I handed it to him. So I haven't actually had a chance to taste it myself, but I hear, I hear it really works. So that's good to know. You couldn't have split it with him? I guess I could have split it with him, but you know, we're still enough in the COVID world that I wasn't really going to pass the can back and forth. Oh, no, I I, I am never about that. <laughs> I, don't I pour that. it in a cup and give it to him. <laughs> I never share drinks or food would, before COVID. I knew, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew what you meant, but yeah. I just thought, well, there's the high school experience. But we could have oh, that absolutely. Again. So it's a four-pack of 16-ounce cans, or there's actually a 50-liter keg. Wow. Uh, and it's called Oh Mama. Uh, it's with a company called Voodoo. That's right. That's right. Oh Mama. Yes, the sticks beer. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate your time with us today, Lawrence. Uh, anything else you want to add that we didn't touch on? Just, you know, I think we touched on you know, everything we need to that's relevant today, but just how meaningful this year has been for sticks, uh, seeing people come back to shows in America here and, and how... You know, everyone knows that this is not behind us yet, but we're we're grappling with with ways of of dealing with it, and mitigating and slowing it down, etc. And at the same time, feeling our lives, you know, you know, coming back to uh, I don't want to say normal because I don't think I don't think normal will ever happen. I think just a greater a greater appreciate a greater appreciation of what we of what we're able to right. experience together, particularly at a rock show. Has uh, has really has really been underscored by this experience, and um, you know, everyone uh, everyone I'll, I'll, uh, somehow, some way, we will we'll ultimately be better for it. I don't I don't quite know how because it's been pretty horrific for for a lot of people, but uh, but overall, there's there's something very resilient about humanity, and we will uh, 
will overcome this as well. Absolutely. And I don't think you guys have been sidelined by any cases yet, have you, since you've been on the road? You know, we, we, we honestly, we don't take it for granted. We have not been. We have not been. Every other band that we've toured this summer has been hit mm-hmm. with it. Uh, that, that we know of, we haven't heard of any other ones that haven't. We we've been extremely cautious, I have to say. Um, but we look upon it as that this could all be over with, with the next show because it just takes one person being, you know, testing uh, testing positive or coming down with it that we'd have to stop. That's all there is to it. Of course, we we find a way around that. But uh, you know, we have not had we've not had any any incidents. So far, I'm touching every wood thing in this uh, <laughs> in this hotel right now. As I say that, but uh, but we shall see. We just keep continue on and, and do the, the the best that we can on the day. Absolutely, and I'm touching wood for you. Let's let's keep music. Let's keep Good rock man. and roll moving along. Let's keep live concerts keep going. And uh, Lawrence, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Congrats on the success and the 50 years next year for the band and uh, hope to see you on the road soon. Thank you, buddy. Great to, great to have a chat with you and uh, all the best. And we'll, uh, we'll see you somewhere up the road. That was a fun one. I'm sorry I missed it, buddy. I, yeah. I needed yeah. to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind of early for me, too. But, um, you know, don't apologize. It happens. I wasn't able to go with you on your... Uh, 1600 mile round trip to uh tennessee and alabama and kentucky that was fun. and Memories everywhere else for a lifetime absolutely but, um you know so we we trade off you know you you did a slew of interviews there and uh it was great to talk to lawrence uh we've been trying to get someone from the band on the show for a while and uh, finally had that chance to get lawrence on it and uh you know that album is actually their 17th album Wow. Uh, and it's on their own Alpha Dog uh, 2T label in partnership with uh, Universal Music Enterprises. And it's sold as a clear vinyl, black vinyl, CD, digital platforms, mm-hmm. you name it. So uh, go out and check it out. Uh, it's called uh, Crash of the Crown. Plus, if you're interested, that record store day release may still be out there somewhere. I know you can probably hit Discogs Amoeba somewhere. Like that, and uh, pick up a copy if you're interested in uh, obtaining that on 180 gram 12 inch vinyl. Awesome. All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. And hit that subscribe button and keep checking out themusicuniverse.com. Uh-huh.